Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, uh, in 1993... I graduated from seminary, married Lori a month later. I was ordained as a pastor. And from that time on, as I've been interacting with folks in a pastoral role, whether it's been in a church, pastoring a church, or speaking in little churches, and I've been here 13 years, I've always been, and I can can remember all the way even back to my first church, being amazed at the concept that people have of themselves. I've always been amazed and and actually saddened by how Christians, those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I've always been saddened by the things we think about ourselves and how we view ourselves, especially in light of what the Bible says about who we are. And as, I, as I'm beginning this series, the reality is for a lot of you, you have no idea who you are as a believer. You see yourself in light of so many other things, and, and so many of you think of yourself as being totally worthless. And that's whether you're a man or a woman. And so you belittle yourself, and I've had many conversations through the years with folks, different folks, even some of you, And I hear things, and I hear how you describe yourself, and I don't say anything at that point, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, you do not understand who you are. You're seeing yourself in light of all these other things. And you have not grasped the reality that in Jesus, he has made you new. And you have a new identity. And so what we want to do is, over the next five, six weeks, is is we want to take a look at what the Bible says about who you are. We want to talk about who you are in Jesus Christ. And I'm hoping that as you begin to grasp the reality of that, as you begin to grasp the truth, it will change you. Because so many of us, whether we like it or not, We view ourselves based upon the scars we carry, based upon the things that have happened to us or where we came from, and we've got a wrong view of ourselves. So let's let's look together. I'm going to start off, first of all, before we look at the Scripture, I'm going to talk about the issue of self-perception. How do we perceive ourselves? And this... These four things are the four main things, and we could add a whole bunch more to them, but they're four broad, broad categories, and so I'm going to just share them with you, and, and, and hopefully you begin to recognize, yeah, that's how I'm, I'm looking at myself, that's how I'm looking at myself, yeah, because, and I'm going to share some of the things I've heard over the years as to issues that arise and how we perceive ourselves. The first one is this, we see ourselves in light of our education. We see ourselves in light of our education. What do you mean by that, George? Well, I I find that oftentimes, and especially when I'm with men, especially, I've heard this so many times from men. Usually it tends to be older men as they get older. 
Sometimes it's younger men. But, you know, we live in a culture that puts so much stock in you having a college education. Have you realized that, folks? Have you, have you seen that reality? I mean, it's almost like if you're not going to college, you're not going to accomplish anything. Have you heard that type of thinking? It's in our culture, is it not? So what ends up happening is, is I end up talking to men, and through the years I've talked to men, and women as well, and, and, and I'll hear things like this. It's almost like, well, I didn't go to school, George. And the way they say it, it's almost like they're apologetic. It's almost like they're apologizing and, and they're saying this is a deficiency in their character because they didn't go to school. Like, for instance, I remember a man, he didn't finish high school. And, but yet he was able to go on and accomplish something and he provided for his family. But yet that, that was constantly in his mind that he hadn't. Gotten an education. He didn't finish school. He joined the military went to Korea. Went on from there and did very well in everything else that he did. But in the back of his mind, he saw himself. Are you listening to me? Saw himself as totally worthless because of what? He didn't get a high school education. It could be this. You didn't finish school. You didn't go to school. You didn't go to college. You didn't finish trade school. You didn't do this. And so you begin to view yourself in light of your education level, you begin to look at yourself like that. Or, or, you know what, here's the thing, you can even go to college and you got a college degree, but you view yourself as not worthy because you didn't get a master's degree. Those things affect you. Do you know what I mean? Those things affect you. Here's the other one. We view ourselves in light of our church backgrounds. The chances are, for most of you, that you grew up in a church. Your perception of yourself, whether you like it or not, is going to be tied to your church background, whatever it may be. And the more legalistic the church was, the more strict or the more stringent the church was, and your ability not to keep the rules, whatever they may be, you will begin to view yourself as a failure. You will begin to view yourself as not being acceptable to who? God. Because you couldn't do it. And the more strictly the church was, and the more they emphasized, and especially how they treated other people who failed, and, and whether that would be divorce or, or some other issue or some other struggle, is now how you view yourself. And now how you believe God sees you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Aren't we affected by our church backgrounds? And doesn't, don't we carry that over into our concept of how God sees us? Do you know what I mean? You see, we see ourselves in light of our what? Church backgrounds. Here's the other one. We see ourselves in light of our what? Family backgrounds. This has to do with whether or not you came from a family that was poor or not. So then that has a perspective that has an impact on you based upon the social economical status of where you came from. It also has to do with how your family related to each other and how your family treated you or said something to you. And so therefore you begin to think of yourself, are you listening to me? You begin to think of yourself as never meeting the standard that was set for you that was so high. So therefore, you always see yourself as what? A failure. 
See, we, 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 we see ourselves in light of our family backgrounds. We carry that. And then there's one final area. We see ourselves in light of our past failures. We see ourselves in light of our past failures. And you know what it is. I mean, you see yourself in light of the sins that you've committed. You see yourself in light of the stigmas that, you know, used to be attached. It's not so much true as it had been years ago. But, for instance, if you're divorced, but still there's a stigma there, isn't there? Maybe not so much more with society. Society has accepted that now, but there was a time when they didn't. But you still carry that because you look at yourself as, man, I'm a failure. Or I've been rejected because they went and went with somebody else. Or, and, and you carry that. That's all a personal thing. Aren't those the things that we identify ourselves by? What's my educational level? What kind of family did I come from? What was my church background? How was I perceived in church? Have I screwed up or not? Those, those are the issues that dominate our thinking. Or that, that is the perception that we have of ourselves. And that, can I be honest with you, dictates our lives. Right? Those are the things that we wrestle with daily. Those are the struggles that we have. Now, here is the thing that so bothers me. That is what happens for most of us as believers. But the reality is it doesn't have to be that way. Because those standards, and I just gave you four broad categories of standards, are the ways that we measure ourselves. But can I be honest with you folks, that is not how God measures us. That is not the way that God sees us. And the reason why we don't know is because we don't read his word and we don't understand that he doesn't see us that way. So here's what we're going to do. Starting with this message and moving forward, we're going to go through Ephesians chapter 2. where so very clearly Paul is laying down, the Apostle Paul is laying down, Really a doctrinal section, but it's really doctrinal truth to help you to understand who you are in Jesus because of the salvation that you've experienced through Jesus Christ. So he's going to start with, who are you? And so what we're going to talk about today is the old you. See, you've measured yourself by those four areas what I'm going to present to you today is how the Bible saw you before you got saved. So that's why, why do we got to talk about that, George? Because if you're going to understand who you are now, you need to understand how Jesus saw you before you got saved. So you think God measures you by those four things? Uh-uh, he didn't measure you by those four things. He's got another standard. And if you're here without Jesus, this is how God sees you. Now, some of you, when you hear that, are going to think, well, man, that's how he sees me now. No, no, you've got to understand, this is how he used to see you. This is the old you. And if I'm going to grasp who I am now, the new me, I've got to have an understanding of the old me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does everybody comprehend? If you're not getting it, talk to me later. We'll help you, okay? Let's look together. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4, and we're going to see the state of hopelessness that we used to be in. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 2. And you he made alive 
who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. But God. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to look at and see from this passage, we're going to grasp five key truths that you need to understand. If you're going to understand who you are now, the new you, you need to grasp five key truths about where you were before Jesus. Where you were before you accepted him as your Savior. Where you were before you committed to follow him with your life. You need to grasp five key truths about what he saw with you. And you're going to realize that he didn't measure you by those other things. He had a different set of measurements. So let's look together. The first thing I want you to see is this. Before Jesus Christ... Before he made you alive, notice the first thing he tells you is that you were dead in trespasses and sins. So what I want you to see here is is that we were relationally dead to God because of our sin. Notice now he said you were dead. Now some of you will sit here and say, well, man, I was breathing before I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I was alive. What does he mean I was dead? He's talking about a spiritual death here. He's talking about that you were dead to God. Now, what does that mean, George? You were dead relationally to him. Before you became a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to understand your identity was simply the fact that you had no relationship with God. Period. Now, some of you are going to find that hard to, hard to grasp because you're going to say, well, you know what? I can remember before I became a Christian, I used to talk with him. Yeah, you maybe talked with him, but the fact of the matter is you were dead to him. Paul's telling you you were dead. You had no relationship with him. You were dead. No relationship whatsoever with God. He had no relationship with you. In fact, here's the thing I want you to understand. Because somebody's saying, well, oh, I wanted a relationship with him. doesn't really matter. Because here's the thing. You can sit there and want a relationship all you want with somebody, but if they don't want to have a relationship with you, are you going to have a relationship? No. The reality is, is that God did not have a relationship with us nor wanted one because of what? Our sins. That's the next point, the next truth I want you to grasp here. Notice what it says. We lived, accord, we lived according to what? The influence of what? Culture, Satan, and ourselves. And therefore we did what? Sinned. I'm relationally dead to God because I sin. And let's be honest, a sin's not just a little mistake. Sin's not just a little problem we have. Sin's not just a little issue going on. Sin is a wrong against who? God. It is a wrong against God. Now let me just stop for a moment. How many of you love having relationships with people who continually do you wrong? 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, every time you get with them, they're just they're they're doing the dirty down sneaky stuff behind your back. They're, you know, they even talk bad about you, use your name in vain. I mean, they're just doing wrong things all the time to you. How many of you like to have a relationship with somebody like that, right? I would is like another hole in my head, right? You know, if you like you like being beat up on, that's the kind of person you want to hang out with. Let's let's stop for a moment. Isn't that what we do when we sin with God? And so before Christ, there was no relationship. Why? And why did I sin? Because I'm influenced by three things. The course of this world. That's culture. Culture. And for the most part, I'm not saying all culture is wrong, but for the most part, Culture is basically exists, are you listening to me, in an anti-God perspective. It just goes and does what it wants. God is only significant to culture as long as God is going to help culture out. The other one is this, and here's the thing. You were influenced by Satan. Now you say, well, I'm not possessed. I didn't sell my soul to him. I watched that commercial with a guy who was offered that nice car, and he didn't sign the deed. I haven't done anything like that. Well, if you're influenced by TV and that's your perception of Satan, yeah, you're right. You didn't do anything by that. But that's not where we get our truth about Satan is from TV. We get it from the Bible. And the Bible tells us that Satan is what? The God of this world. And he knows how to what? Influence us. And he tempts us. He lies to us. And we belong to him. And he is the master manipulator. So I'm, I'm influenced by my culture. I'm influenced by Satan. Now here's the other one. That's the problem. I'm influenced by my, my own desires. Now, you know what? Here's the thing. You, know, you hear people all the time. Man, the devil's really been working hard on me. You know, the devil made me do it. It's the culture I just gave in. I'm just, it's all the peer pressure. Yeah, it might be some peer pressure. Yeah, you might be influenced by Satan. But the fact of the matter is, is for most of us, we sin because what? We want to. It fulfills some desire in our own hearts. It fills the desires of what we want to do. So, I mean, he's laying it right out there, isn't he? Three truths that you need to grasp, that before I came to Jesus, this is how he saw me. I was relationally dead to him because of my sin, and that's because I basically am living my life before Jesus, influenced by three big things, the culture around me, Satan, and my own corrupted desires. All right, let's take it back. Let's take a step back now. Is that how you're living your life now? Can I be honest with you? For, and what I have found is in my own life and in, in the lives of others around me as I interact with them is that most Christians, we're influenced more by those three things than we are by the Holy Spirit, just being honest with you. We are influenced more by those three issues than we are by the Holy Spirit, even though we believers. Why? Third fact, 
Our focus was satisfying ourselves. That's where we're at. Before Jesus, before I entered into a relationship with him, my focus was just doing what I wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? And, and I can remember, you know, the, the epitome of selfishness for me was my single life. What do you mean? When you're single, you just do anything you want to do. Like, you know what, I, I just feel like butter pecan ice cream. I just got that craving for butter pecan ice cream. What am I going to do? I'm going to hop in my truck, drive over to the supermarket, and buy me a half gallon. Those are old days when they used to be a half gallon, right? Okay. And then you get it home and you're like, boy, that one bowl was good, but a second bowl would be even better. And before you know it, you just ate the whole half gallon. And there was nobody there to say to you, stop. Because you did it because you wanted to. Now, that's the extreme of singleness, but isn't that what we do with our lives? We live our lives because our focus is on what? Satisfying ourselves. We live for ourselves. That's what we used to be before Jesus. Focused on satisfying ourselves. Now, here's the other thing he tells us. Ultimately, look at verse 3. Look at what it says. And we're by nature children of wrath just as the others. What's going on here? Here's the graph that you need to understand. Here's how God saw you before Jesus. You were the objects. We were the objects of God's wrath. We were the objects of God's wrath. Now, what does that mean, George? Basically, we were destined, if you want to use that word, we were headed towards punishment. That's what God's wrath is talking about here. We were without Jesus, doing our own thing, separated from him, no relationship to him, and because of that, we were ready and and headed towards his punishment, which was eternal, which was hell. That's who you were without Jesus. That's what you've got to grasp. If you're going to understand who you are now, and we're going to talk more about who you are now next week, you've got to understand how he saw you before. And what's the four main things? And then I'll give you the fifth truth. The four main things are, number one, I'm dead to him relationally because of my sin. I'm influenced by what? Culture, Satan, and myself. My focus is totally on satisfying me, and that just makes me the fourth truth, an object of God's wrath. That's what I used to be. That's how he saw me. Now, did you notice something? He didn't put in their education, church background, family background, past failures. Except, of course, if you want to think of it in terms of basically being dead to him because of those things. You see that? That's how we measure ourselves. That's because we don't really consider or think about the fact of how God sees us truthfully. 
whether it's before we come to Christ or after. And before you came to Jesus, and maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus, you need to understand that the apostle is telling us here, you have no relationship with God. You're just doing your own thing, and you're facing a punishment. You say, well, George, there's a fifth truth here. Yeah, look with me. Verse 4. But God. You know, this is one of those important buts. This is one of those important buts in the Bible that you need to, I've said it before and everybody laughs, grasp a hold of those buts, okay? Hold on to this but. You know what I'm saying? You can laugh with me. It's okay, but I don't know any other way to say it. You've got to hold on to this truth here, this truth that even though this is how he saw me, he's putting in here a key three-letter word, but. Hold on. Grasp this truth. But God, what's he saying here? God did not leave us there. That's where we were. And when I come to verse 4, he says, but God. What's he saying here? He's introducing a whole new concept for you and I to wrap our brain around, to wrap our hearts around, to wrap our faith around, that even though I was relationally dead to him, doing my own thing, focused on satisfying myself, headed to hell... God didn't leave me there. Isn't that awesome? He doesn't leave us there. He takes the initiative. See, if I'm going to grasp the reality that that I'm new, that I'm a new person in Jesus now and, and the truth of that and let that sink into my heart as far as who I am and I'm no longer going to measure myself based upon what my education level is. I'm not going to measure myself based upon my family background. I'm not going to measure myself based upon my church background and all the stigma of that and all the garbage of that. And I'm not going to measure myself based upon my past failures and boy, they are so numerous. Which one do you want to talk about? I need to grasp the reality of that fifth truth. He doesn't leave me there. Isn't that awesome? Some of you right now have such a low view of yourself. And you think God sees you based upon all those other areas. You know what? God saw you one time based upon what his truth said, and you were headed to hell. But if you came to Jesus, he didn't leave you there. And you need to grasp that. You need to own that. You need to hold your head up and say to yourself, you know what? Yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I didn't do right. Yeah, but I came to Jesus. And he made me new. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.